I'm Osher Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Hi, I'm Georgia Love, and you're listening to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, Australia's only bachelor podcast that asks the question. With all these horses, can anybody tell Matt nothing? <laughs> what? You know, that's ridiculous. Popular culture. We all love it. That's why we're here. My name's Xavier Abetsky Noon, and I'm one of the best hosts of this show. That's ridiculous. And up there alongside me is my good friend Max Quinn. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Things are fine here, better now. Yes. Excellent. Mm. Um, what a week. <laughs> Big week in Bachelor Nation. We are here to break it all down. We're going to go through the two episodes, take you through what we liked, what we didn't like. I thought uh, we should start this episode, though, Zave, with uh, Zo Zave. Hmm. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, Zave, with... Let's, uh, let's do some updates from Batchy Nation. There are a couple of things. Uh, outside of just the specifics on what's been going on in these episodes, mm-hmm. there are a few other things that are worth catching up on, particularly for people who've been listening to our podcast for a little while. True. Maybe following some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, as, as this podcast goes on, we pick up more and more sort of jetsam of just <laughs> <laughs> people who are, I guess, somewhat significant within the world of The Bachelor. Yeah, people who float in the Batchy sphere. Mm. Um People who you might have caught on Paradise last season. Yes, yes, yes. People who went a long way towards cancellation and then kind of redeemed themselves with a heartfelt apology in the finale. Are we talking about the same person We're here? talking about the same person yeah. here. Because I'm not sure if redemption is really a huge part of the story no, for this not. person. <laughs> um, we're talking about Yvonne. Yes. Who... I think was a delight for the first episode or two that he was really a featured player. Yes. Um, it seemed like he was really tapped into his own sort of personal brand of like goofy, macho cluelessness. Yeah. Um, you might remember him uh, making some kind of smoothie out of an avocado without removing the skin or pips. <laughs> um, and he's sort of... Put his career into a blender. <laughs> yeah, he really has. Uh, if you recall, he wanted to uh, go away and uh, star in the Step Up movie franchise. Mm. Uh, would be the sixth installment, mm. which doesn't exist has in any way, shape, or form. And then he wanted to come home and have children with Ali in the order: boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. I think he wanted seven of them. Is that correct? I think that's correct. One for every day of the week. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he turned out to be a real piece of shit on Paradise, so (laughs) the less said about that, the better. Um, Uh, Look, but he is back in our reality TV periphery Mm. with an appearance on Australia's Got Talent. That's right. I just like to to quote from his Instagram. Oh, good. 
Uh, I never stopped chasing my dreams, and now I'm going to have the ultimate crack in front of the whole of Australia. Never thought I would be doing this, but just quietly super excited and G'd up to show everyone what I love doing. Hashtag got talent AU. Hmm. I think it's interesting that he uses the phrase, he never stopped chasing his dreams, because that was the main problem <laughs> with him on Paradise, was his unrelenting... Uh, like, yeah, that's true, his dogged pursuit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, his uh, unwillingness to uh, acknowledge any of the um, signs that his uh, interests were not uh, uh, wanted. Welcomed or, or accepted. Yeah. And uh, recepted. Uh-huh. I'm really firing today. Yeah. Uh, and now we out. see him once again, this time on an opposing network. Mm. Can't wait. <laughs> Don't know when it'll air. Pretty sure it just shot yesterday. But there is a great shot on Ivan's Instagram of him in midair doing, uh, what would you call this? Like a Hulk? Yes, although I wouldn't want to paint him with the same brush because I do love the Hulk. Mm, it's true. Yeah, Eric Banner. Although Hulk of my heart. <laughs> Similarly, some temper issues. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and he's doing like a macho kind of pose mm. and he's uh, got his knees bent and he's in midair. It's all very cool looking for Ivan. He also apparently gets a, a bit of camera time. Like, not just doing his talent thing, but he gets to talk to the camera a little bit and he's like, oh, I was on Bachelor. And oh, interesting. It didn't work out. She didn't <laughs> fall in love with me, so maybe Australia will fall in love with me. Oh, yeah. good Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that was the lesson to take away from that. She right. didn't fall in love with me. It's, it's amazing that he's gone away and had some time to think about it. That's, <laughs> that's what he's what landed he's on. Back with. Yeah. Oh. So we'll see. Yeah, well, sometimes you lose some, and then other times I guess you lose some. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else have we got? You uh, have something from Tiffany, oh, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so a few seasons ago, there was uh, uh, headline grabbing and also quite like... Uh, I guess, heartwarming romance that took place on the Bachelor TV show. But it wasn't between The Bachelor and one of the contestants. It was between two of the contestants mm-hmm. who were of the same gender. I'm talking about within Richie's season. Uh, it was Tiffany Scanlon and... Uh, Megan Marks, right? Megan Marks, that's right, yes. Um, and so this week... Um, I mean, that, that relationship is kind of in the past now, and yep. things have moved on. You recall Megan dated Jake in Paradise. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. So this is a little while ago. Just wanted to touch base with Tiffany, who this week has come out and said that she is retiring as a social media influencer on her Instagram. <laughs> so, <laughs> is she going to spend more time with her products? Is that the plan? I guess, but maybe she has done enough and she's like, I have all the sponsors I need. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She said she's prioritizing her mental health. Oh, that's good. Um, which is fantastic and something I would encourage anyone from this show to do Please. above all. Um, but also, uh, the Daily Mail article that I was reading about it um, was quick to draw a comparison between the timeline of her leaving Instagram and the timeline of likes leaving Instagram, mm. which has impacted a lot of people in the social media influencing uh, sphere. Yeah, how do you monetize what you can't sell or prove? Right. Yeah, right. Very difficult. Okay, well, uh, RIP to Tiffany's influencer career. Come but back it's strong. Like, can you actually retire from that? Because like her fans haven't stopped looking at her page. Like that's true. You know, she still has the same amount of followers. She hasn't deleted her account or anything. She's just like now I am. I don't know, cashing in my four hundred one k. I'm getting yeah. my superannuation. What kind of super do you get as an influencer? <laughs> I don't know. Super <laughs> likes. Oh no, that's not. Instagram. That's nah, Tinder, but that's mm. fine. Um, the last thing that I wanted to run past uh, everybody is an update on Chad Johnson. Oh, good. Now, if you don't know who this guy if is... Ivan was not enough. Yeah. Uh, Chad was the villain on a US season of 
Bachelor, Jojo, Jojo season of Bachelorette. I would argue he is the villain of America. Yeah, he's <laughs> he had temper issues similar to Ivan. He was this big hulking guy who couldn't get his emotions under control. Um, someone on the show, in fact, Canadian Daniel described him as Hitler at a certain right. point before describing him, him himself as Mussolini. Yeah, sort of a milder <laughs> um, dictator. <laughs> anyway, the current season of US Bachelor in Paradise is filming at the moment, or is airing rather it's air- at the moment. I think it's a couple of weeks in. Yeah. And what's happened is that Chad Johnson, not on the show because famously went on one episode of Paradise before getting kicked out for calling a contestant with one arm a one armed bitch. And mm. then telling Chris Harrison, the host, that he sat around all day in his robe drinking mimosas. Mm. And this is his real life. And you can't tell what impact this is happening, having on his, re- his real life. It's very funny. I think maybe he was kicked off for some other reasons there beyond that. There might be too, some stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so what's happened now is that Chad Johnson has started buying the domain names for the full names of every contestant on Paradise this season. <laughs> Which is so funny. It's incredible. It's really good. And so he has bought a bunch of people's domain names. Uh-huh. And in his replies recently, someone was like, someone called Derek was like, give me back my domain name, Chad. <laughs> and if you go to this Derek guy's, like his domain, www.derekwhatever.com, mm. it redirects to a Shopify store <laughs> where Chad Johnson is selling t-shirts that say, Derek sucks. <laughs> I kind of I I don't like the guy and I don't want to give him any money. But not knowing who Derek is, I want that shirt. That's, it's so good, isn't it? It's so petty. It is the most petty thing that I have heard in such a long time, and it made me laugh so much when I heard it. Like just such an amazing oh. dick move to go around buying up domain names of people who are like vaguely in your universe who you will never meet because you're banned from this franchise. Sure. Yeah. Love it. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, head to the Bachelor of Arts website for our Max Sucks t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, good. Um, Zave, let's start talking about this season. Yeah, I want to uh, sort of touch base on some of the things that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Starting with uh, a pulse take, a temperature take of Matt, our Bachelor. Yeah. We were saying last week that we were having a little bit of a hard time getting to know him through two episodes mm. because, I mean, we really have no idea who the guy is starting this season. It's the yeah. first time in a bunch of years that that's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... We're, like, w- looking for a way in. Yeah, to totally. Him, you know, because we know a few things about him. He's definitely an astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. He definitely does not work for NAB. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's talk through this, because it seems to have come out this week that Matt works at the fucking bank, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I guess it's a little more complicated than that. Someone was trying to explain it to me, and I didn't really understand. I, I am, uh, as many of our listeners know, an <laughs> idiot <laughs> with no idea of how the world works. But he works for, like, a data analytics company or right. something. And I think it's, like, owned by some mega conglomerate, you know, corporation, and mm. uh, which means that he is hired as a subcontractor to do work for certain different other people. Right. And he has a lot of, I guess, knowledge in different fields. Uh, which, I don't know, he got from, like, a passing comet or something. I don't know how this all works. Okay. Um, but, yeah, technically, like, uh, it, while not listed on his uh, um, LinkedIn or anything, or, or obviously not included in any of the promotion of the show, mm. uh, he has been doing some <laughs> work for NAB, which, therefore, the image in our minds is, of course, like, he's a fucking bank teller. Yeah, absolutely. And it sort of changes your whole perception of... Mm. Uh, what and who Matt is. It's different. I think you probably you're right in that it's a, as I understand, like a predictive analytics job. 
Right. He's not being paid small amounts of money for whatever no. this job is. <laughs> yeah. um, and I also believe that this employment happened after the Batchy season. Right. So that's why it's not being referenced in any of the show because it hadn't happened yet in the show filmed in February. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, I want to also just sort of touch on how we're receiving Matt on the whole this season. Yeah. Has your perception changed in the last two episodes? I don't really think it has, actually. Mm. For me, I'm still kind of like, he's not doing a bad job. I don't have anything specific to say bad against him. Yeah. Um, but I also don't really have any specific like things that I really like about him. True. Um, there's like a good moment that we'll talk about regarding his glasses <laughs> that comes up in these episodes. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of little pinpoint moments where I'm like, okay, this is like working for me. Yeah. But also I think just like, on a general level, he's just, like, ticking a lot of boxes, but not really specifically. You know, like, we talk about... In, in this week, we learn that he's also a big sport guy. Yep. And, like, all that stuff. I'm just like, okay, so he's everything. Like... This is kind of it, right? Like, the show went to painstaking lengths at the start to pigeonhole him as an astrophysicist mm-hmm. and to present him as this, like, abnormal kind of bachelor. Well, his abs are far from normal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it feels like the more that w- I watch of him, the more that I think that he's like a strikingly normal man who happens to have above average intelligence. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I think generally we, uh, the royal we, uh, given buzzwords like astrophysicist and science and nerd, and I at least project a narrative of maybe hardship or prejudice or some sort of like earmarked differentiation onto mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but. The more we get to know Matt, the more my perception changes and shifts, and I start to think that he might just be someone who leads, has led a bit of a charmed life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, as you say, the the tweet that you put out this week was really good, where it was like, he's a nerd, and he loves sports, mm. and he's hot, and that kind of speaks to the way that I'm reshaping the way that I think about Matt, you know? Like, the show has had to really go to the nth degree to say, he's not the honey badger, look at this science man. yeah. Uh, but actually, let's not pretend that we also don't have like a normal hot dude with a great job being the role of Bachelor. Right, yes. And also we have to think about how like maybe you and I have some baggage about what a n- what it means to be a nerd. Totally, or yeah. Um, but in actual fact, like the culture has changed a lot. That's true. Over the course of our lives. Yeah. And I don't know if you've been to the freaking movie theater these days, but like nerds is actually the cool n- things now. Like, if you go and see a movie, it's mm. probably comic books, actually. That's kind of true. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, we live in a world now where the highest grossing film ever was that last big Avengers one, mm-hmm. Endgame. And before that, it was nerds. <laughs> I don't know what happens in Avatar. <laughs> Blue nerds. Blue <laughs> nerds. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and before that, it was the Katy Perry Smurfs movie, which right. was... Also Blue Nerds. Blue Nerds, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before that, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory (laughs) remake where they had nerds that candy, I guess. (laughs) Good, 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 good. Good. Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right in Mm. that, um, you know, we are living in a post two and a half... Not two and a half, man. What's the other thing that Chuck Lorre did? (laughs) Big Bong Theory. Big Bong. Bing Bong Theory. The Bing Bong Theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're living in a post-Bing Bong Theory world. Yeah. uh, And the glorification of nerd culture has kind of, I guess, changed the perception of what it is to be a person who likes science in the year mm. 2019. And especially like, I don't know, I'm 28 and you're 27, right? Yeah, 26. Th- 26. 27 in a couple of weeks. Don't okay. forget. All right. Don't forget. Oh, no, September 9. Thanks. Yeah. Coming um, up, guys. Mail your <laughs> presents to <laughs> at POHPod on Twitter. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, like the the way that uh, that culture has been represented as we have grown up has changed drastically from when I was a teenager to when I guess even some of the contestants on this show were teenagers, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit different. Mm. Mm. The other thing that I want to do is touch on a couple of mysterious disappearances. Oh yeah, um, following on from Vaco. Yeah, which is which we forgot to actually talk about on our podcast. Oh my god, which is kind of insane because I used that in the promo I- image and stuff. Yeah. Um, we learned at the start of this week that she was away at the end of last week because she was unwell. Mm-hmm. I, th- I can't remember what she had. She was uh, conjunctivitis. Right. Yeah. Yes. Which is like, that's one of those weird contagious ones where you can't have anyone else around you. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, but yeah, there ha- have been a few other people who maybe not literally absent, but uh, certainly have completely faded from the uh, the gaze of the show, you know. Yeah, and it's interesting because these are people who were set up uh, prominently in the first episode or the second episode. Mm. In I'm thinking about Chelsea and Kristen particularly. Yes. And this uh, set of episodes, I d- can't recall a confessional from either of them. So Kristen, I think we see like a tiny sprinkling of, but mm. because she is no longer being given her one characteristic of like this music and this like topic, she completely fades into obscurity. Right. I think maybe she has one or two confessionals during the football game. Uh, okay. Um, and she's just like, oh, I could, I was not very good at it or something. <laughs> and you're just like, they don't have AFL in China or yeah, like, yeah. Know, give us something to grab on to. Right. Um, because she was not initially given any other characteristics or whatever, mm. um, it's hard to get a hold on her. Um, but you're right about um, fucking Chelsea. You're right about Chelsea, um, who really seemed to like be kind of a front runner out of the gate. Right. And uh, fast forward, if you don't want any spoilers for 15 seconds, she is the bookie's favorite. Yes. Yeah. Um, but now, I don't know. Maybe it's like if. You know, if if it turns out that she is going to win, a lot of the time they don't want to show us too much of the winner up front. That's right, because that'll yeah. make it too obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there are it, it it makes it more surprising if we've seen more of other people, mm. and then those ones you know that we've grown attached to don't end up winning. I guess what I'm saying is, I find it weird that particularly Chelsea isn't in any confessionals. Yeah, you know, um, because part of the objective of the show is to give you the opportunity to latch onto the love narr- narrative. Sure. Which uh, is easier if you know who the person is and what they, they care about and what they like. Yeah, and if you get a vibe on their perspective about what's happening in the house. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. that stuff. You can sort of like be like, oh, that person's a cool legend, and it uh, begets investment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about these episodes. All right, let's I'm jump ready for it. <laughs> let's jump right into The Bachelor Australia Season 7, Episode 3. Um, which begins with uh, some of this uh, old versus new sort of conflict, mm. um, which I'm still really not buying. I think it's <laughs> pretty ham-fisted, the like, intruders who came in the second night versus the original women, but they're really trying to jam it down our throat. But they also, I think, are trying to kind of have their cake and eat it too in this scene because we see a discussion between the quote-unquote intruders intruders <laughs> untruders is kind of exactly what they are though. um where they're discussing how that they think that all the other women are like really lovely and they've been really welcoming to them yeah and all that stuff i'm like what are we doing here then? yeah there is a, a lot of this that i've sort of picked up in these two episodes of um the narrative of the show heading one way but then also quite deliberately people reversing the narrative in confessional yeah and it's um 
a more multifaceted approach to editing the show, mm. but it's also sort of like it creates a bit of confusion as well. Yes. Because it means that there are no stakes later in the episode when we get to the football date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of kind of confusing, <laughs> this is the point where there's like a super awkward smash cut um, all the way away from the Bachelor Mansion in New South Wales to Flemington Racecourse in Melbourne, where it is like dropped on us that the golden ticket date is just happening right now, apparently. So they like to burn these usually early in the season, but R- there does tend to be an amount of forewarning or um, discretion from the bachelorette or the bachelor who receives mm. the prize. That, it, like, are you going to use it? You and know? it also seems like it should be more of a strategic thing to right, me. Exactly. Like, it is such an incredible upper hand to have a hometown day up your sleeve, or at least it seems that way, and it was definitely presented that way during the first week. Yeah. It completely defies logic that Ellie would want to cash this in on, in week two. No, exactly. So I imagine she's been forced to do it. Yeah, I think that that's probably what it is, that there's been flights booked and arrangements made for Matt and woman to yeah. be away for these particular dates within the shooting schedule. Yeah. Um, so I guess this like jump cut is just the show's way of not having to deal with it. Yep. Um, great stuff. (laughs) I don't know. Um, also there's the issue that the hometown date absolutely is not a hometown date at all. What is going on with this? It seems like, uh, if I was Ellie, I would be pissed. I'd feel like I've been sold a bill of goods here. Yeah. Yeah. Can I read to you something from a Sydney Morning Herald article from May of this year? Please. Which I read at the time and I didn't mention on the podcast, even though I could have been catching it in right now, <laughs> playing a little like, like flashback. Anyway, um, Network 10 will bring the Melbourne Cup to shows like Neighbours and The Bachelor as part of its strategy to recoup a record $100 million that it spent on picking up the television rights and trying to make it a year-round event. Other shows such as The Project... (laughs) A year-fucking-round event! (laughs) Yeah, why not? (laughs) Do not let these horses rest free for one moment. Um, Other shows such as The Project and Studio 10 will be broadcast on location from the event, and there will be other tie-ups with the race on Living Room, 10 News First, and for Sports Tonight, as well as fresh content on Catch Up, App 10 Play, Digital News Platform, 10 Daily, and Podcast Arm 10 Speaks. This is a stupid decision on the part of Channel 10. Yeah. I did not know that. That's Firstly, that's so funny, but to build your entire year and your record spend... Mm on three minutes of television. <laughs> that's some dumb shit. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. create a campaign, get investment. Uh-huh. You, do you know what I mean? Find a prolonged way of having success rather than blowing your wad in three minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But of it's, cash. <laughs> what of cash? Yes, I understand. Um, so, I mean, this date is a bunch of, bunch of horse shit, <laughs> basically. Um, so, it's like... You know, we're, I think we've talked about this before. Mm. Um, the like endorsement of horse torture is something that we have some issue with. Mm-hmm. I am quite strongly anti Melbourne Cup, obviously, but also like, yeah, you've got this subterfuge involved with promising a taste of Matt's life in Melbourne, mm-hmm. which absolutely <laughs> does not get fulfilled at any point. Um, they, uh, you know, they they show up together at the race course. They're at the track. They meet Gay Waterhouse, who I guess is a well-respected horse trainer. Uh, and they get to hold the Melbourne Cup, which I guess is a well-respected drinking vessel or <laughs> something. Yep. Um, it's nice to have some gay representation on the show. Oh, so. good. <laughs> um, they go for a little bit of a horsey ride together. Mm. They tell the cameras how much they like each other. Mm. Um, a producer tells Matt, when you say Ellie's name, you smile. Can we talk about vowels for a second? 
Yes, let's do that. When I say the word sheep, I smile. Do I want to marry a sheep? <laughs> when I say yeast, I smile. <laughs> when I say Lyme disease, I smile. <laughs> this is how, when you take a photo, you say cheese. Not because cheese. you want to date cheese. Ah, but because of the way that it falls in your mouth. Right, exactly. Mm. Similarly, that's Ellie's whole name. Yeah, it's just vowels. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, L's not a vowel, but you get me. Mm. And in fact, there's two L's and a Y, so. Oh. It's not an IE? Let me look nah, it up. Nah, it's a Y. You're yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, look, it's that vowel sound. Uh huh. Mm. Um, and then the two of them end up at a batchy couch um, where they're going to discuss whether they could have a stable relationship. <laughs> um, Matt asks a few pertinent equestrians um, to try and harness some info about this uh, dark horse of the competition, which spurs Ellie on to give him the unbridled truth. Good Lord. It's a gate chat <laughs> from go to woe. All right. And I can't fault either <laughs> of them. <laughs> The main takeaway <laughs> is that Ellie has never met someone like Matt. Uh, I was saddled to see it end. Oh. But, hey, you've got to hand it to them. Savvy's winking every time he does one of these puns. <laughs> um, for the, the, you're going to hand it to him for the kiss that they share at the end. Uh, Matt gives Ellie, or should I say Philly, mm. uh, a rose, or should I say a horse? <laughs> 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 and <laughs> they kiss again. <laughs> Max, do you think they're going to get married? Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this date, and it's clear how much there's like investment between the two of them, because even though um, the actual event of the date mm. was ironically kind of uneventful, it was not what was promised, sure. and not what it says on the tin at all. Mm. They made something out of it that was kind of special. Yeah. I have an outstanding question, though. Okay. You can lead a horse to Waterhouse. <laughs> Fuck you. Can you make a drink? <laughs> How did I do 15 <laughs> puns <laughs> and you <laughs> did the better one? Thank you. It's quality, not quantity with you, Max. <laughs> now I've got a really long <laughs> face about <laughs> it. <or something. laughs> well, clip clop, I'm with the podcast. <laughs> 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 okay um, Then we go to the group date yep. um, Which is all of the new girls And a few of the older ones And we begin with some more product placement In addition to all this Belba Cup spruiking um, The women hop into these two matching Hyundais uh, And Monique tells the GPS to quote Take us to the date location Max, you've got a Hyundai. <laughs> does, yes. does your car have this uh, functionality? Yeah, as well? I often program it uh to take me to the date location. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, I've never been let down. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, podcast, ironically, also brought to you by Hyundai, the new i30. Beep, beep, bitch. <laughs> really good. Mm. Um, the date location, is that where you eat like a bunch of dried fruits? That's what happens, yeah. yep. Good. And I poop. <laughs> good on you. Um, I guess the Melbourne theme is continuing here. Yeah. Uh, why not? Um, because oh, we're going to round event. Yeah, of course. Well, this is a this is an AFL group date. Mm. Um, so they, I, I like kind of like that they pay a little bit of lip service to the AFLW here. 
um, because they have a member of both of the greater Western Sydney Giants teams, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, but then, yeah, you know, it's a game of footy. It's new ladies versus old ladies. Again, they're trying to create that sort of dichotomy when really nobody truly It doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, it is soundtracked by Not Quite the Black Keys. <laughs> um, As it always is. Right, yeah. Dun, dun. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Mary gets put in the sin bin, and then I saw Waleed Ali was talking about how in AFL there actually isn't a sin bin. That's funny. Which is the kind of uh, pointless stickling that I truly love. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could possibly have known that. Um, we learn that Matt has very good arms. Um, I, I mean, probably a lot of people noticed this before, but I mean, like when he's standing next to the AFL players, he's just like, oh, wh- why isn't he doing that? Yeah. No, um, he looks. Uh, he looks good. Yes, mm. uh, and then Nicole gets best and fairest. Um, I can't remember why. She probably scored some goals. Uh, seems accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I think Mary was probably the most entertaining, though. I loved Mary on this date. Mm. So there's a loose ball, and one of the other bachelorettes is running to grab it, and Mary just like piss bolts down the sideline and pushes this girl over and <laughs> grabs the ball for herself. Yeah. That's why she gets sent off yeah. to the imaginary sin bin. But yes. fuck, it was fun to watch. Totally worth it. Yep. Yeah. And also, she's sent off for like one minute. I know. And I think her team still wins. Yeah. So good on it. Um, so Nicole and Matt have a little bit of alone time together at a batchy couch, of course, um, which in my opinion kind of seemed really nice. Um, they, I don't know if the show wanted us to think that it was going very well. Mm. Uh, Matt asks about Nicole's experience playing sport when she was younger. Um, and she admittedly kind of nervously lists some sports that she played. Um, and she, I don't know, maybe goes on a little bit too long, but it's like they playing this like kooky xylophone and like the pizzicato strings Mm, mm, mm. over the top of it, um, to make it seem like she's a space cadet. Which I don't like no, that's my move. Yeah, I, uh, absolutely. If I'm in a situation where I'm nervous, I just talk. Sure, you know, and I don't know where I'm going with this, and my mouth starts and it can't stop. I found this to be like very relatable. Very like me too. Either I will get completely too quiet, in which case I would not have made it to week two of the competition, <laughs> or I will run my mouth and talk about a bunch of useless bullshit. And you know, great. <laughs> it, it ends up on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I did not even make it to week one of the competition. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, uh, she says that she'd be willing to move to Melbourne to run a cafe with Matt, which like is a great use of his PhD. Definitely. <laughs> a little bit of a step down. Um, uh, but he likes it. He offers her a rose. Um, and as he's handing it to her, the head of the rose falls off mm. and he goes like, oh, I swear this never happens. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Usher appears off to the side and he's like, ah, yes, she's received the coveted flaccid rose. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, they don't kiss, though. Yeah. Um, it kind of um, sucks all of the air out of the room, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. And Matt is like a little confused about what to do and he offers her some of the cheese plate. Mm. Which like I'm sure she would have appreciated because it doesn't seem like eating is a big focus in a lot of these moments, but um, it's just going to go to waste. Nice. And we've seen Matt sort of... Um, play into this before even with his like introduction uh to Eleanor on the red carpet where he's like okay hold on let's just slow down let's just breathe mm. and they're both nervous and they're chatting and I don't know I think it's nice and I think he is somewhat of uh attempting to be a calming present in presence in a nervous moment yeah yeah I like that about him mm. um there is then a twist at the cocktail party 
where it's revealed that Matt will be picking the recipient of the next single date that night. So everybody has to work extra hard to get noticed. I don't know when he normally picks the recipient of the... I don't know, yeah. Um, Ellie gets a bit more alone time, um, which is like, she is leagues ahead of just about anybody Absolutely. else. Absolutely. Um, Matt says he was delighted to share his hometown with her and they kiss again. That's not what happened. At a cocktail party. Yeah. Um, Monique has a treasure hunt set up somehow. Um, or as she calls it, quote, a few little things hidden in the bush to show him little parts of me that he might not have thought of when he first saw me. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's uh, a great quote. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often uh, have you gone to the extent in your life of hiding a few little things hidden in the bush to show someone the extent to which that they might not have thought about you little things that they think about you. I mean, only in terms of my human anatomy. Mm. Um, uh, and then <laughs> she invites him scurfing. And I can't help but think back to Georgia Love eating shit on a scurfing date so funny. with Courtney Dober a few years ago. So funny. A classic moment. Mm. Um, anyway, Monique says the magic words adrenaline junkie, which unlocks something in Matt's mind and the deal is sealed. And Matt gives her the rose and the date card because it is an adrenaline date and she sussed it out and that's all you need to do. Great. Great. Well done. Mm -hmm. There is some uh, consternation with Nicole now, though, because I believe that she very much also wanted this date. Yes. She is not having a good time. Mm. Um, She says, I'm fucking over it. Um, And then she walks off screen um, and we hear her say, she's just a blonde fucking bitch with tan. Like, I'm over it. Um, (laughs) Which is... I'm not going to say hypocritical. I don't mm-hmm. want to call her a fucking bitch. But uh, my proudest tweet of the season is going great. to be the that quote with the Spider-Man gif. Yeah, the two spider people pointing, pointing at, at each, each other. other. Yeah. Mm. Um, she walks into another room before we cut to commercial, after which it occurs to me that, yes, I guess that was the dramatic walkout that Channel 10 had been teasing all week. My God. Um, they just walked. She walks from one room into another room. I feel like they really struggle in these first couple of weeks after the women arrive. Mm. And maybe that's why they've been doing things like shock intruders are entering and like, oh, it's, uh, Pash unlocks, uh, you know, when he's been like pashing someone on every Totally. Episode. And even pashed Ellie at the cocktail party tonight. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So... Yeah, the promo team, I think, is pushing it a little bit hard. Yeah. And I also wonder, like, are they top-loading this season? And are we going to have anything happen <laughs> from here on in? Like, don't you think they're kind of burning a lot of these things? Like, Certainly. Because we had, quote-unquote, intruders on the second episode, now that can't be a plot point later on, really. I hope not. Imagine if they just... Probably... This uh, season just goes all year, <laughs> like the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> they just introduce more and more people. <laughs> I don't know. I um I'm kind of okay with the first couple of weeks being this like burn of drama mm. um because a common complaint of ours is that we don't focus enough on the love Zavi. Well, that's true. Yeah. And if we're going to do this stuff, we might as well get it out of the way now. Right. And, and then, then get some real investment in the love story. Yes. Mm. Um there are certainly still some people sort of floating around who we haven't bothered to learn anything about or maybe the only thing we've learned about them is like a gag. So I'm ready for either them to open up and, you know, that to be a real thing or for them to just kind of get out of the way. Totally. 
Um, which brings us to the rose ceremony. Um, the roses go in this order. Chelsea, Abby, Kristen, Eleanor, Vakko, Emma, Nikki, Mary, Julia, Rachel, Sagan, Brianna, Cassandra, Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, which means that Jesse, Renee, and Jessica are heading home. Do you remember any of these people? Uh, I want to say Jessica is the one who had a bunch of tattoos. That's right. Uh, as for Jesse and Renee, uh, I vaguely remember who in my office had them in the sweeps and having to break the bad news to them, but otherwise don't really think they had much going on. Jesse was the person who uh, was part of the montage in the first episode, and she was the one who asked Matt if he was ready to hold on to her for the ride of her life, and he said, yes. <laughs> okay, wow. I ride's thought over, Ellie, Jesse, whatever your name is. Get out. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, the ride of your week. <laughs> <laughs> what about Renee? Renee uh, was also there. On the show. Yes. Mm. Good, good. Yep, that's uh, that's goodbye to those three women. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's time we say hello to The Bachelor Australia, Season 3, No. 7, Episode 4. Can I say, I did not like that episode. Episode 4? No, Episode 3. Ah, uh, yeah. I was like, great, the centerpieces are like two big product placement things and a sport date. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's all of the bad things about that franchise. Yeah. And the saving grace was the actual chemistry that is apparent between Matt and Ellie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This episode, though... Little bit better. Episode four, I fucking loved. Yes. Thought it was really, really good. We start in the woods for some reason as Monique strolls through the scrub waiting for something. We don't know what. <laughs> Great. She uses this time to tell us in confessional that she doesn't kiss on the first date before all of a sudden Matt arrives inside what I can only assume is the titanium corpse of Optimus Prime. <laughs> Uh, it is good that you pointed out that Monique does not kiss on the first date because mm-hmm. she definitely does it. That's something that's very serious. She means that with her whole heart. She absolutely won't do it. Matt says, do you like all the petrol head stuff? And then licks his lips. And Mon responds by licking her lips and saying, yes. Have they been drinking the petrol? Mm, it's hard to say. Mm. They're both clearly weird horny for the red Ferrari Decepticon. Do you get mm. the cars thing? Uh, just in general? Yeah. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in one. Yep. Probably more than one. Oh, well. Like a small bus. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, I guess in on some level, it's a crucial part of the show. Yeah. Um, that The Bachelor has all these fast cars and, yeah. you know, the image and the whole thing and the need for speed. My favorite part was they get into this car. It's clearly like a very souped up, very like nice, fast sports car or whatever. Mm. And to show this off, he does a few revs before they start going. And I really like picturing the car not working. <laughs> like he's just like, <laughs> vroom, 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 vroom. Oh, no. And he's like, oh, I don't. How does this? I don't drive this. I'm not sure how to. <laughs> We arrive at a hangar containing two aerobatic fighter pilots. Mm. Monique says, fast car, tick. Fast plane, tick. And it's pretty evident that what's about to happen will not be conducive to actual romance in any way. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, It will make fine use of the budget that Channel 10 have allocated specifically for drone footage of middle-class whites ripping mad loop-de-loops for this Mm -hmm. season, which is good. Sure. Uh, But overall, my expectations, instead of skyrocketing... 
plummet. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's also interesting that I spotted in the ab breaks of this episode a f- decent amount of, like, sign up to the Air Force oh, ads. Oh, interesting. Which is like, I don't know, they must have known that this yeah, is definitely. an episode. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm surprised I didn't see the trailer for the new Top Gun sequel that's coming out <laughs> next year. It's just like a lot of uh, good brand tie-ins there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I bet some people were convinced by this episode to go out and join our fabulous armed corps. Maybe. Sure. Which, great. For the diggers. Right on. Mm. Uh, back at the mansion, we get a date card. And this scene is really not notable in any way. The only reason that it is notable is because it's the first time that we hear from Abby in this episode, mm-hmm. and she becomes quite pivotal later on. Um, we'll talk about that, but I just want you to pay attention if you're watching back to how many times you hear her say the word jealous okay. in this episode. Yeah. Um, for now, if you notice her, us talking about Abby using the word jealous in confessional, mm. drink. Mm. Mm. We cut back to the single date with Matt and Mon suited up in these big workman's coveralls, getting ready to fly the planes. Kind of a hot look, if yeah. I'm being quite honest. Totally. It's a great look for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend, Danny, uh, says it's very fashion forward. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, so there's also this man here who the show has neglected to give so much as a first name. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, have you pulled any Gs before? Xavier, <laughs> you play the guitar. <laughs> Explain what this means to the audience. Uh, well, it's the fourth string up from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pulling it, I guess, is like uh, when you do a little... Oh, good. When you do a little bendy, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm. The man goes on to explain that the aircraft is capable of reaching up to eight Gs. Xavier, you're my G. Hey, that's <laughs> nice. Explain what this means to the audience. Well, okay. Um, you might be familiar with Osher Ginsberg, mm-hmm. who used to go by Andrew G. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. That's a 10G. I mean, <laughs> as far as Gs go, he's a 10. I don't know. Uh, the man explains that Matt and Mon will be doing something called combat formation, which sounds like it might reach beyond the scope of our PG time slot, but rest assured, Zave, <laughs> it's nothing sexual because they'll simply be trying to shoot each other out of the sky. Fantastic. That's truly great. Matt is overjoyed. Over- is this um? Is this the same dude who teaches them how to puke into a bag? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> He's like, now you want to get it into this end, which is the hole, because if you puke in the other end, you're more than likely to just get puke on yourself. <laughs> now the other end of the hole is also a hole. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, He's like, you really want to form like a protective, like a seal with the outside (laughs) of this because otherwise you're upside down in the air. You might get puke all over the equipment. (laughs) (laughs) It's like going into quite a bit of detail. To the extent that I was like, well, someone pukes on this date for sure. Definitely, right? Yeah. Doesn't end up happening. Mm -hmm. Disappointing. Next, Matt says, see you on ground. And for all intents and purposes, this date is over. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Because they are not, as you might assume, and, and has happened in the past getting into the same vehicle or getting into the same uh, aircraft as would happen on a helicopter date totally separated it's insane nothing spells romance like getting into two separate aircraft why What's why the, are they doing this what's the thinking here i don't know matt does explain to us that this is different to being on a commercial airline which i thought was really really helpful that does yeah because i was looking at it and thinking like where's the bathroom i was thinking when are the little hot towels coming around mm, mm. and then uh in confessional matt also says this would be so much more special if mon and i were sat next to each other <laughs> 
<laughs> you think? Did you find this as confusing as I did? Yes, of course. Why? I don't. I don't understand. Like, why include that if that is how? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to ignore that, that is such an awkward thing about this, which clearly it's in their best interest to do. Don't use that. Don't clip. use the confessional. And this is what I mean about Matt sort of like reversing the edit or the edit reversing itself. It's yeah. really strange. Yeah. Yeah. The show does something weird, and then they sort of hang a lampshade on it and say like, "Oh, isn't this a weird? Isn't thing this that a the strange thing that's happening? Yeah. Yes. It's. And so it's odd. like, well, nobody made you make this date happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Next, we are somehow still at the hangar, but also on a batchy couch. Mm-hmm. Mon reveals that she's not been on many first dates. Instead, she has been in two long relationships that, quote, basically took up most of my life. Uh, Matt quips to camera, well, if I had known that, I wouldn't have tried as hard. Mon then it's talks... Charming. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's great. Mon then talks about uh, taking the time to learn to love herself and her goals and dreams of independence and mm-hmm. home ownership. And her straightforwardness is really admirable. I like that, yeah. Yeah, they bond over time spent in the mines as young people. And it feels like Mon is being like sincere and genuine. And then Matt says, it's rare to find someone who looks amazing and who gets amongst it. It can be really tough work for a woman. I wonder if this is like edited from something that has some level of insight in it or I I can't really fathom what exactly his point is here. And it's hyper gendered as well. He goes on to say that he finds the whole Monique package very intimidating because she has her shit together. It's, I don't know, I hope mm. you don't mind me saying, but for an astrophysicist, he's reaching some fucking reductive conclusions in this chat mm. as Mon is, like, submitting to that process of opening up. It was the first time where I was like, oh, Matt, mm. you know? And it's also like, so we have, uh, on on the first week or, or the night that Monique entered, we are given this image of her as, like, a bombshell. We, mo- we mainly hear about her through the perspective of the other women who are, like, somewhat threatened by her. Totally. Particularly in regards to her appearance, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got the boobs. All that sort of stuff is, like, a big part of the narrative. So we were hoping that she would get fleshed out a bit. And then now that that's happening, mm. um, you know, we're learning more about her personality, her goals, her interests. And you want Matt to be receptive to that in a way that doesn't take it back to the reductive, right? Exactly. Yeah. But it seems like his way of reflecting on that is just to be like, wow, I really thought she was just like a walking pair of tits or whatever. Like, you know, like yeah. that essentially seems to be what it's boiling down to. Right. I would hope that he has some more time to reflect on that and um, thinks about the other things that were happening during this date that maybe yeah. didn't. And, like, uh, like obviously, in. we have to flag, it can well be editing, you know? Like, right. there might be so much more depth to this that we haven't seen. And Matt, overall, does seem genuine, and I don't doubt his desire to find love. Um, but some of this rhetoric, at least, like the, oh, I didn't have to try as hard, felt a bit old mm. hat to me. And maybe it is, like, producers or, you know, whoever it is, I don't know if they're producers or, like, his handlers or whatever, yeah. have have clearly been talking to him about each of these women because he can remember all of their names. Mm. So like, you know, he is getting briefed on them ahead of time and maybe what they're telling him is like, oh, you remember Monique. She's a lingerie designer. Yeah. She like, you know, has done, you know, here all are this your modeling. Flashcards. Like, yeah. Right. Here are the things that you remember about her, like almost in a way to jog his memory. Mm. And then the the way that he comes into this state is thinking about all that stuff. And then when she opens up a bit, he naturally is like oh i had no idea that you had so much depth or whatever yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. um but it just doesn't read super well especially in the edit yeah yeah and that's that's kind of it um there is a rose given out and they do kiss sure yeah 
it's now group date time, and we finally arrived at the annual boring photo shoot date. <laughs> That's right. Happens uh, like clockwork. I'm surprised it took this long, actually, on this season. I know. Four episodes? Get right. out of here. Yeah. Mm. Um, we never miss an opportunity um, for these. I, of course, love to celebrate it every time by buying up whatever I can of the um, pickies, whether they're in TV Week magazine or I think Women's Day maybe had it Women's in the past. Day have been, yep, uh, um, definitely a sponsor of this. Or on Bachelorette when they have Mills and Boone. Yeah, I'm um, staring at your stack of Mills and Boones now. Right, those things, <laughs> they're huge. If yeah. anyone who is listening wants to take any of those off my hands, <laughs> the ones with Allie and various random men who you don't remember <laughs> from her season of Bachelorette, um, I don't know, will I mail them Patty's to you? on one, right? Uh, yeah, great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> take home your Patty book. <laughs> Um, so the theme this year is classic leading ladies, um, and Matt describes the classic love story as boy meets girl. There's a bit of drama, chemistry. He's a poet. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even interested in chemistry. No, no. He likes the other stuff. He's yeah. more into the stars. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, our striking host, Osha Gunsberg, is here, uh, and he reveals to the women that it is indeed a photo shoot date. And we cut to Abby talking in confessional about how this is definitely going to make the other girls quite jealous. Sure. A bunch of the girls start to give confessionals about how they're going to give Matt a fairy tale ending, which they definitely have been strongly encouraged by production to say. Yes. I went to a massage parlor and asked for a fairy tale ending. <laughs> 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 they swiftly kicked me out. <laughs> um, none of these photo shoots have any significance outside of the show's decision to cast notable people of colour, Mary and Sagand, as the Wicked Sisters in the Cinderella photo shoot. Right. Which, um, yeah. Which is yucky. Right. Um, it's careless or deliberate and yuck in either case. Yes. Um, and also, there, there is... There, it opens up a little bit of space for Mary to, again, I think, um, go against the, the actual narrative of the show mm. by saying, like, oh, there's never been, like, a black Cinderella or, you know... Totally. Um, which... Is cool, but also, like, she only has to say that because the show put her in that position in the first place. 100%. Um, it's so, so, so easy for them to not do this shit again. Right, yeah. Um, it feels almost deliberate in some way. Mm. Um, I don't know. I guess I get that this show is very conservative and, you know, plays on these traditional sort of values and that sort of thing. But in an instance like this, it's just like, come on. I know. I mean, like, you know, even Disney, one of the most conservative companies, you know, may possibly, you know, yeah. of course, famously it's a giant conservative, conservative GNC. conglomerate. Yeah. They have just cast like a person of color as Ariel and the Little Mermaid. Great. Um, you know, like all... all, all even in a very fan service like, appealing to a lowest common denominator, like, money-grabbing sort of way, these decisions are still being made. So, like, it's not like they would face any kind of blowback for casting a person of colour as Cinderella on The Bachelor. Right, and it's then just that being in TV week. Right, exactly. Yeah. But their imagination is clearly not even stretched that far. Mm. Um, the other photo shoot of note is, of course, the Abby Vaco shoot photo shoot, mm-hmm. uh, because Abby totally steals the show alongside professional model... Vaco. Right. So, I, I want to flag, first of all, Vaco looks amazing on Incredible. this date. Super professional as a model. I would watch Vaco's model life. Mm. That'd be a good show that Give I'd her watch. a show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it matters Wait, not because... Wait, did you say Vaco's model life? Yeah. Do you like that? I love that. Thank you. Max. Mm. Ten um, stars on thank iTunes. Thank you so much. I'm uh, reviewing it twice. <laughs> setting up a new account. 
Uh, but it matters not because it is so evident from the minute that the cameras zero in on them that Abby and Matt have something going on. Mm. They come super close to kissing. It's that feigned tension that we have seen on every single one of these photo shoot dates, except this time there's no need for production to drum up the tension. Not at all. Yeah. I feel like um, we thought Honey Badger was as horny as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> but I truly think like Matt here is like getting into it. Like, Tape it down, Matt. Yeah, yeah. truly. Like... Like, you know, sometimes it feels like uh, maybe sparks are flying because they're being told to or whatever. But, like, in this instance, I'm like, these people want to bone right now. Yeah. Like, I was trying to think about the last time that we saw something as, like, obviously seductive as this. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last thing that I can think of is, like, Richie and Alex Nation a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how they just kind of, like, wanted to fuck? Yes. And that ended up being the, like, deciding factor in the whole show. Just proper chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, and physical chemistry. And we looked at the decision that he made and was like, well, that was kind of irresponsible, but he chose the woman that he wanted to bang the most. Yes. Yeah. And And it ended up not working out. Sure. But they probably had a good time for a little while there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, Who can say if they're compatible or incompatible? It's kind of why uh, the institution that I know you like to refer to as Fuck Week Mm -hmm. that takes place on the US Bachelor, Bachelor, Bachelorette kind of does away with some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the idea, I guess, being that you could kind of get it out of your system. I guess. It's like a rumspringer sort of situation. (laughs) 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 Um, Anyway, I think the show does a really good job of not interfering. Yeah. Like, they just sort of let this play out and let it happen. Yeah. And it's, like, it's great. They can tell that what is naturally, like, organically going on here is more compelling than anything that they can orchestrate, I think. Yeah. At least in this setting, which is, like, so done to death. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and like there's plenty of stuff that they do every single time that works as well this time as it does any other time, like having particular women look on while these steamy things are happening or, you know, the the certain commentary that is drawn out of these situations from having observers that they naturally would not and should not be looking on. Yeah. but, yeah, I mean, the most compelling thing about this date is this, like... It's just magnetic between them. Totally. It's yeah. really cool. Uh, we get another confessional from Abby noting that the other girls might be getting a bit jealous of her because they are watching on. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to flag, if it isn't obvious yet, this is going to be Abby's arc. Like, yeah. she's introduced in the first episode with this, like, slinky minx music. And the show is signaling to us that she's going to be a source of ire among the other women mm. in the house because of the obvious and undeniable physical compatibility between herself and Matt. Mm. And the other women are going to be jealous of her. And they're telling us that by having Abby use that phrase over and over and over. For sure. Yeah. Date over. Next, we're back at the mansion for a twist that we haven't seen before. I'm wondering if this twist was put in place to accentuate everything that was going on between Abby and Matt on the photo shoot Would not surprise me. Mm. So, not unlike what happens in a little show that I know we both love called Survivor, (laughs) it's the women who will vote to determine who now gets to spend more time with Matt in the orchard at the Batchy Mansion. This is kind of great. Yeah. I like this. It's a good twist, and it means that the cocktail party, which happens in literally every episode, Mm. um... Yeah, uh, it's another way for it to not become stale. Totally, and they've raised the stakes and made it interesting. And I was like, I was really on board with how this happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a vote between Abby and Sagand for some invented reason, 
And the winner is Abby by a margin of 14 votes to, what, two votes? Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's a landslide. Yeah, and there's a lot of like weird bartering and negotiation that goes into this, but it feels like an obvious choice for the women. You know, Sagan has already had time with Matt, Abby hasn't, mm. and in the interest of not giving someone a competitive advantage, you send an Abby. My thoughts as a strategic player mm. would be, we already know that Sagan and... Uh, Matt have chemistry together and have... Well, I mean, they both obviously have chemistry together, but, like, Sagan and Matt have already had a single date. I would be more inclined to send Sagan in again so as to sort of ice out Abby... 100%. ...rather than create a situation in which the two of them have more alone time together. That's right, because what they so desperately were wanting in that photo shoot was alone time. Right, exactly. But, I mean, it kind of hasn't been thought through. Well, perhaps the choice was not presented to them in that sort of logical way. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Um, and I think Abby kind of seals the deal by saying that she would not be doing any kissing of Matt at tonight's cocktail party, even if the opportunity presented itself. She's absolutely not going to. And yeah. how could you even ask? Lol, <laughs> just kidding. Abby sits down with Matt and they immediately start to make out to such an extent that by the time they are done... Abby has no lipstick left on her mouth, and Matt's glasses are foggier than a windscreen in winter. <laughs> now, I love this. Yeah. Uh, as a person who wears glasses, yep. I've been watching The Bachelor for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this situation play out. It's this a real thing. All of the time. Yeah. Particularly when the feelings are particularly strong and you're yeah. crashing real hard, you get a little pink in the face and your glasses fog you up. You get a little steam. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, finally... Me, an underrepresented white male (laughs) nerd in my mid-twenties, finally being put on screen. Yeah, Uh, it's cool. And you know what about this situation also? Go fucking get it, Abby. Hell yes. Yeah. She's like putting her best foot forward. It absolutely fucking works. Yeah. She has got him hook, line, and sinker. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It rules. She does a really, really good job Mm -hmm. of this. Um, She comes back to the group with a rose. And one of the women asks ever so eloquently, did you snog his nog? (laughs) (laughs) I must have missed that. Uh, Look, if you needed a reminder that this show was set in a fucking Australia. Yeah. Was that that Ellie by any chance? Nah, it was Isabel. Oh, okay. I've noticed Ellie has... uh, Sorry, Illy. Illy, yep. Illy also uses a lot of Australianisms. Um, Crikey. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie says crikey all the time, which I really like. Yeah, she's very, very Australian. Yes. Um, Here's the point where we kind of see things starting to come undone for Abby, who tries to underplay it to start with, but then goes into probably more detail than necessary about the extent to which that things had been uh, scorching in the orchard. Especially because it is pretty, like, visibly clear yeah like it, her lipsticks lipsticks all smudged off yeah nobody needs to be told but she is like well you yeah, know no, no, no. So yeah, then we kiss some little, more and, and then yeah. it, well you know it all <sighs> i don't know i think abby fucking rules and i'm so glad for her for going out and getting it and it's exactly what the show needs and her confidence should be really celebrated yeah. in that way all i would say is that afterwards we could just self-edit a little bit you know maybe yeah um we could just Maybe have a smidgen less because um, y- y- I guess these women have been plied with truth serum mm. for a number of hours, but at the same time... I want to yeah. say she seemed, like, truly giddy. Yeah. Like, in a way that, like, 
you know, under better circumstances or different circumstances, you might hope that you'd be able to self-edit. But I think, like, this is truly, like, a whirlwind of uh, intoxicating aromas and... Yeah. Like, she's Pheromones and the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she is fully in control of herself when Mm. she's talking to these other women. Yeah. um, Which is, like, exactly what we came here to watch. Totally. Um... But yeah, you can you can see how it might spell danger, and how the producers might be you know, rubbing their hands together, thinking about the jealousy edit that they're going to get out of it. Yeah, and willing to jump on this in the next couple of episodes, which sure. I bet we are going to see. Yeah. So uh, Sagand is very upset about this. Uh, he she says she's been hooking up with our boyfriend around the corner, and I find that disrespectful. Mm. It's always interesting when somebody claims them like that. Yeah. Um, which does come up from time to time on the show. Yeah. Uh, what did Sagan do on her date? Did she hook up with their boyfriend? Uh, who could say? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, we could say. She definitely did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Mary drops a bitch, please. Monique mm-hmm. is not upset about the kiss, but she's upset about the fact that uh, Abby said that she wouldn't kiss. She's upset about the kiss. Mm. Uh, and Ellie is like, yeah, good on him. Love sure. Ellie. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's rose ceremony time. Mm-hmm. We're at a point in the show where we don't have a firm grasp on who all these women are yet. Still through four episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's Isabel, uh, or as I like to call her, Pilates Snow White Hidden Sleeve Tattoo, who is sent home. <laughs> so Isabel, um, we should say... Um, wasn't a bell. She uh, that would have been if it was Beauty and the Beast. She mm. was actually a Snow White. Isabel necessary on the Bachelor? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get a little clip of what will happen next time, in which uh, there's some real confrontation that happens at a cocktail party. Matt s- refers to something as a tremendous waste of time. Uh, I can't wait to find out what this is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, for some reason, that phrase really activated me, and I was like, <laughs> I have to watch this episode. Well, I mean... Finally, well, they're admitting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good. Yes. So, I mean, that that's going to be an interesting week. Yeah. I feel like we'll get that on Thursday. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, through six episodes, how they characterize Matt to get to a point of, like, he's fed up. But right. we still love him. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't seem to be incredibly emotional. Right, or at this point. reactive, really. Yeah, he's calm and he's pretty charming. Mm. And uh, so far is like... Uh, look, they've, they've shown him to be vulnerable. And I guess it would be a step for The Bachelor to also be angry. Yeah. You know, to, to be flawed in a way that... Um, you know, the one of the big fallacies of last season was that they presented the Honey Badger as like, yeah, he's different, but he's still the perfect man. Yeah. You know, and that he's impenetrable in mm. how good he is. But this is like, look, he's nervous. Look, he's vulnerable. Yeah. His fear is ending up alone. Oh, he's fucking mad, like you. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want all yeah. this stuff to come out. Yeah, and he's funny, and I am starting to come around to the idea of like, they're letting him be a whole person, mm. and that might not be a person who I would like necessarily call up on the phone and be like we're best friends but Mm. at the same time like i i'm into the idea that this is someone who is whole yeah so more like roundedness yeah Mm. i think that that's really cool editing Mm. um and characterization Mm. yeah so that's it that's what we've got for you yeah um, thank you for listening right. to our wonderful pod. Mm-hmm. We've got some cool episodes coming up in oh, the next yeah, this is good. little while. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's going to be, I'm going away in a few weeks. Yep. Um, so leading up to that, we're going to try and do some extra special ones with me. Yep. And then while I'm away, Max is going to try and do some extra special ones without me. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we won't drop who we've got uh, a special guest right now, but we've got some really good ones. Yeah. On the way. Um, so if you are watching the show with any of your mates or if you can think of anybody who would like to follow along, we did come here to make friends. So please direct them our way. Um, and as always, you can find us on social media at BOHpod. Um, check us out on uh, all your podcast services, all that stuff. Um, what else? You know, I uh, hope you're doing well. Yep. <laughs> um, stay warm out there. <laughs> It's a bit of a cold snap on the uh, east coast of Australia right now. What so. I like to do is just hang you out to dry at the end of this. <laughs> you just keep looking at me and kind of slowly nodding like, this yep. is all great. Is keep great. it keep going. It in. Give We're us keeping as much as you can. Um, what else? Have I you mean, missed everyone all the better? Uh, better, better? Not yet. I'm going to mm. save that because um, mm. I've got a few more things I'd like to get to. Great. Guys, head out to the movie theatre. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of great stuff playing at the moment. Um, check out the new Max Quinn songs coming someday. Yep. Um, check out the old ones mm -hmm. they're also good mm -hmm. um <laughs> what else this is I, I have an incredible platform here when i feel like a captive witness <laughs> yeah i have literally dozens of people listening to me <laughs> right now um you know don't get a don't wear a seatbelt. hey oh that's good bloody think about it when you get in the car mm. don't be fucking irresponsible um and uh, please take care of yourselves and each other and i wish you all the very best and uh, uh, Maxi, thank you for sharing this wonderful adventure with me. As thank always. you, Xavier. I love you. I love you, everybody. Goodbye. I love you all. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs>